The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Come on! Come on, everybody! We're going! This is a new experiment. Ladies and gentlemen! Give me the heavy metal devil horns. Now lock them with me. Welcome to the revolution. The voice of the outdoors. Saddle up, partner. We are hunters. We are conservationists. We are wildlife stewards. It's showtime, everybody! Ladies and gentlemen, the revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Everybody was saltwater fishing! <laughs> Hiya! Everybody was big buck hunting! Ooh. Hey, uh, ticks are bad this year, and They're we're just horrible. not talking about uh, politicians. No. <laughs> um, no, ticks are terrible. Uh, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago, it was like 80 below zero, <laughs> and now there's ticks everywhere. You can't even go outside. And they've got snowshoes on, too. It is the all-new plague, ticks, and something about COVID-10 I've been seeing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. What is this? I have no uh, idea. The world's just imploding, folks. I know. I'm just saying that I know a lot of people are hesitant about using DEET-related products, oh, no. but I'm telling you what. I'm just going to lather that on like it is body cream and just... Yeah. <laughs> They're like... I'd rather risk it with DEET than have um, something horrible like uh, Lyme, Lyme disease. disease. Or what's the other one that you can get that like makes you essentially allergic to meat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I think it's further south. Maybe so. I don't know. Horrible. I don't know. Either I'm way... you can well, happen no, anywhere. I, I, I want none of that. Wisconsin got it. Too. Yeah. I want none of it, so... There ain't no bugs on me. <laughs> no. I know, you know, they say like, oh, no, no, DEET is so bad for you. And British then, do that? Yeah, that all British name. have... <laughs> Deet issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, we are you, know, you just spray deet on yourself, yeah. okay? Or whatever you you know. Repel has so much uh, amazing products we out use there. Big Woods off, I think, is what it's called. I like spray it down like it's cologne. Yep. I use it like it's Axe body spray. <laughs> yeah, I do. You this put is on gonna be a freaking day. All right, so we are talking woods and water on today's show. We're gonna have Captain George Gods from Unfathom Dawn. That's Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And who else is joining? Hey, we're going to have Chris Ward on. He's the co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman's Channel Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And Bunny's partner in crime, Cat Daddy. Ooh. That's right. He's going to be stopping by, probably talking about nothing interesting. <laughs> I like Cat Daddy, so. I think he's talking worms, isn't he? I think he has some worms. I think it's about yeah. something about worms. I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped. You guys, like, he knows texting? how to just smooth over those women. He does. I know it. All right, so let's get to Captain George Gotts right now. Here he is. Woods and Water is on this week's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, kicking off a two-parter with Captain George Gotts, host of Unfathomed on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Uh, you know, we had heard, is this true? Stewart, Florida, kind of where you are, uh, is kind of like the snook fishing capital of the East Coast. And I've also heard the snook uh, make for excellent table fare. But Jimbo, you were talking, why do they call them soapfish, uh, Captain George? <laughs> um, you know, they're excellent eating. 
Um, and they were called soap fish because for years back in the day, they didn't realize that if you didn't take the skin off the fish, it gave it a soapy, bad soapy taste. So for years, nobody ate them uh, because of that. And then when they learned that you had to fillet them to clear the skin, um, they realized how good of eating they were. And uh, now they're, they have to be so well protected because they are so good uh, as a table fare. And, you know, it's a great game fish as well. They're great fighting. They're, they're hard to catch. They're not easy. Uh, there's strict limits now. You're allowed one per person. On the east coast of Florida, they have to be between 28 and 32 inches. Wow. So you only have a four-inch slot that you're dealing with. Um, but interestingly enough, you know, most of the fish or a vast majority of the fish are born males, which is kind of unique to the fish species. And part of the population switches over to female. But between 28 and 32 inches, they say you're getting kind of half male, half female population. Most of the females are the big spawners that get up above 32 inches. Boy, is that like today? So you have transgender. It's like we're out here. We want to be a guy, but I identify as a snook. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now in Martin County, correct me if I'm wrong. Can anglers catch uh, four subspecies of snook, or did I misunderstand that? No, that's true. It's one of the few few places that you can go that we have all the subspecies of, of snook. Um, only the common snook tends to get bigger, uh, big enough to be in that slot size. You will get some fat snook that can be up to 28 inches or, or a little above. Um, but the other subspecies of snook tend to be a little bit smaller. But we do have them all here. They get to be difficult to differentiate between a sword spine, a fat snook, a tarpet snook, um, or a common snook. But we do have all of them here, which is kind of... Uh, Unique. Now, it is not uncommon to join that 40-inch club down there, is it? No, that is. That's kind of the prize. You know, once you get above 40 inches, a lot of people fish a very long time and never catch a snook above 40 inches. And uh, you know, there's certain times of the year that definitely, you know, you're more apt to catch them that big. We get them when we spawn them. They spawn in the inlet in the summertime. You get a lot of big females out there in the inlets. And your likelihood of catching a big fish is, is a little bit higher then. And then also, kind of in the fall, during the mullet run, we get a lot of big fish around the bridges, um, a lot around a lot of the structure. So, yeah, 40 inches is the, is the prize. Usually you get up around the you know, 20-pound class range then. So that's, that's the target that we shoot for, the 40-inch club. Yeah, now you mentioned about uh, the structure and so forth. They're, they are structure-oriented, aren't they? But can you catch them on the bottom as well as can you use topwater? Yeah, I mean, they are. They're a lot like, a, I would say they're very similar to a bass where they love the structure. You know, a lot of these snook, are, they're targeted by, by dolphin in the river to get eaten. I think that's a, a lot of the reasons why they stay so close to the structure that they do. They'll be tight to docks and bridges, uh, rock piles. They do like to sit on the bottom. They're more of a bottom. You know, they sit on the bottom. Their eyes are high set. they got a flat belly where they feed, you know, from below. And they, you know, they rise up a lot of times and inhale their prey. And uh, that's the great thing about it. You know, you, there's so many different techniques to catch them. It's not only, you know, live bait or, um, you know, dredging the bottom with jigs or whatever, but topwater is definitely one of my favorite ways to catch them. You know, a lot of times early, early morning, late in the evening, low light conditions, those topwater bites are explosive. Um, they also use the, a lot of seawalls in this area as ambush points where they'll pin the baits up against the wall, cut off. You know, 180 degrees where a bait can't get away, 
And uh, it's a great opportunity to get, you know, top water plug, throw them out along the wall and just watch it explode on those plugs is, is the sight to behold. Yeah. All right. So we're hanging out talking with Captain George Gods. Make sure you watch Unfathomed on Outdoor Channel. Such a fantastic show that is Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So you got to tell me this. I, I think this is going to be an interesting story. So you spend, I think, about 15 years in the high stress emergency medicine field. And then, like, you woke up one day and said, screw it. I love fishing. I'm going to become a captain and do this as a full-time job. Now, you had two kids at the time. I'm assuming a wife. Tell us, dude, like, how did you just make that decision? That is a big leap to take. You know, it wasn't just an overnight thing. I was working in a hospital and in that kind of position and affords the ability. You work three days a week and you have four days off. It's a lot like, a, you know, a lot of firemen have a similar schedule where they're on one off or two. So, it gives you some free time. You know, four days off a week, I love to fish, so I was fishing recreationally and kind of came to my head like, well, you know, why don't we do this as uh, try to do this as a living? I, I always loved to fish. I always had the idea of, you know, being a captain. So I just started dabbling it. I got my captain's license, started guiding part-time. And being a captain is one of those things that takes years. There's no, there's no formula to it where you can just say, today I'm going to be a captain and I'm going to have uh, an index of clients where – the phone is going to ring every day and stay busy enough to where I'm going to pay the bills. It just doesn't work that way. It takes years of dedication and grinding and taking care of clients and having repeat clients. So I worked at the hospital. I guided for probably eight of those years. I did both. I wow. was hosting another television show, Florida, real-time Florida Sportsman at the time. So yeah. I was working at the hospital. I was guiding and I was filming. And then about eight years ago, I just made the decision that, you know, things got busy enough with the show, with guiding, and uh, I just quit the hospital, had enough of the hospital, enough of the stress of that, and, you know, just focused on, on fishing. But interestingly enough, you know, it seems like it's a high-stress job, and after 15 years in the same department working in emergency medicine, fishing, to me, is more stressful than that ever was. <laughs> you, know, you can come in, you can drop dead in front of me, and, you know, we... We know what to do. Yeah. You know, there's there's algorithms to follow, and you know what's going to be is what's going to be. But fishing is so much different. Every day is different. The weather is different. The bait's different. The clients are different. There's so many variables that are uncontrollable. Um, and there are similarities to the emergency department and fishing alone. But uh, you know, I think the stress of guiding every day is, is higher than actually working in the emergency department. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around for a second part? Definitely. Great. Hey, we're talking with Captain George Gods, and, of course, he has a program called Unfathomed on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. Exactly. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. George, uh, to learn more about it's you. Captain to you. Captain George. Uh, to learn more about you, Unfathomed, your partners. Uh, get some tips from you, man. Where can we find you online? Uh, if you go to unfathomedfishing.com. You can find information about the show. We have some segments up there as well and information, you know, how to get a hold of me for guided trips as well. So everything everything that you need is right there on fathomfishing.com. You bet. More George Gots right after this. Don't go anywhere. Ahoy, mateys. Captain George Gods, host of Unfathomed on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern, will return after the break for part two with Jim and Trav. And for more springtime fishing tips, head for JimandTrav.com. Texas Motor Speedway has always been a special place. From the asphalt to the whitetail woods. A lot of the times we'll do things away from the track. NASCAR driver Jeb Burton lives a double life. 
on the racetrack and off the beaten path. Going to a track where you've had success just builds confidence leading into the weekend. We hear something coming up, and I see it's my target buck that I'm going after. Crossroads with the Burtons, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Sportsman Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is back with our Woods and Water show. Now let's rejoin the boys and Captain George Gods, host of Unfathomed on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays 11 a.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking woods and waters on this week's show. And before the break, we had Captain George Gottson. Of course, he was talking about snook fishing, which has got to be the primo thing to do out of Stewart, Florida. And speaking of Stewart, Florida, now, for people who aren't familiar with uh, Florida, uh, that is on the Atlantic side, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, we're uh, we're situated, uh, you know, about a 45, 50-minute drive north of West Palm Beach. Um, and we're close proximity to, you know, we have, what's unique about this area is we have a great diverse estuary. We have a good inshore fishing uh, with the Indian River, the St. Lucie River, which are two inshore bodies of water. We have the Gulf Stream, which is close, so our pelagic bite is six miles out. And then we also have uh, close proximity to the Bahamas, where 75-mile run, you're in West End Bahamas, so you have the Bahamas there for fishing. Yeah. Now, with uh, with Snook and Primarily, we're talking about snook today. Uh, is that something that you sight cast for, like you say, would uh, bonefish or uh, a permit? Uh, there are opportunities. We have nighttime dock life fishing where it's very visual. The fish will be up on the surface, high in the water column. You're able to see those fish. You could, you know, whether fly fishing or artificial, you can make the cast of fish that you see. You know, we do have opportunities well in our river systems where fish are laying up on the banks, as you can see them. Um, so there, there's just so many different ways to target snook. You know, there's so many different, you know, whether it's sight casting, whether, you know, you're fly fishing or spin fishing or live baiting, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. So there are definitely opportunities in the summertime to get along in the surfs. So you can go along with your boat or even walk the beach and see them laying right in the trough. I mean, right at your foot is where the snook lay. It's interesting. You, you see guys on the beach are casting out and the guys on the boat are, <laughs> excuse me, and guys on the boat are casting in. So, it's funny they get right in the trough line on the beaches and they're you know you can sight cast to them there as well yeah now on unfathomed you've had the opportunity to go to some amazing places uh you know spectacular sites uh tremendous fishing if you could only go back to one of those places uh and fish again okay where would it be i i my I, my heart's in guatemala is I it just, really I, I just love guatemala you know i traveled to pacific Pins in guatemala Last year I went and we spent several days fishing, which is always incredible. But it has so much more to offer than just the fishing. We, we, we fished for two days and then we jumped on a plane and flew to the other coast to, uh, to call where the Mayan ruins are. Oh, and wow. just to witness that kind of history, 2000 year old pyramids. And to me, it was breathtaking. It was, the fishing is incredible. The, the culture is amazing. It has such rich, rich history. I just, I've been there maybe half a dozen times. I'm going back next month. You know, I have another trip scheduled in February. It's just one of those places that I love to go. The fishing is absolutely incredible. 
The people are amazing. I just always have a wonderful time every time I go there. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about your equipment. What kind of boats do you run? I run Camus. Camus is a, a, a line that had come out three years ago from legendary boat builder Earl Benz out of Tennessee. Um, it, the, the company is just exploding. I run a 28-foot hybrid boat, so it has the ability to fish inshore and offshore. But they make boats from 26 to 40 feet right now. And, you know, I just actually spent the day yesterday at the West Palm Beach Boat Show with those guys. And I tell you, that outdoor sector with fishing and boating is just exploding. People are looking to do more things outdoors. And uh, the show is just slam-packed. Oh, that is awesome. Did COVID have any impact on your guiding, on filming Unfathomed? Were you able to kind of skirt past a lot of that? Or did it kind of uh, throw a monkey wrench into things? Uh, it's been a challenge. You know, the traveling, the, the lockdowns. Um, this has been a tough year with filming. It, it, you know, I think there was a lot of knee-jerk reactions, too. With, even with sponsorship in the very beginning, people didn't know what was going to happen. Literally, we didn't like we didn't have any idea that this outdoor segment was going to explode like it did. You know, COVID caused more people to go outdoors and buy fishing rods, buy fishing reels, and boats. And, you know, it's good for the sector now. But I think in the beginning, people didn't understand quite where we were going to be. Um, business suffered quite a bit in the beginning. People couldn't travel to Florida. People were not traveling. They were staying at home. And I think when people started to realize that, you know, Outdoors is probably the best place to be, out in the fresh air, out yeah. in the sun, get the vitamin D, you know, be healthy. Um, you know, things started picking up, and now, you know, we're as busy as we could be. And interestingly enough, I was actually up in, God, I was in the Outer Banks filming an episode, and I got COVID myself. No I way, did you? I was up there, <laughs> yeah, I was filming <laughs> that whole episode that's already aired this season. I was, uh, I was there with, uh, my guest host, Brett Barley, who's a professional surfer, and I was surfing with him. And I'm like, God, I'm a little short of breath out here. And oh, wow. It wasn't feeling quite right. And I was getting ready to travel to Charleston for my next episode. I had breakfast, and I realized, you know what? I can't taste anything or smell anything. I'm like, oh, I better head home. And I headed <laughs> home, and sure enough, I tested positive for COVID. No oh, way. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. My whole family's had it. Thank God. We've had a very light case. Everybody's done extremely well, you know, and uh I, I can't wait till we get, get past it, um, but I've definitely had my experience with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, tell us, moving forward with Unfathomed, what can we look forward to, man? Uh, coming episodes, where you're going to be going, kind of fill us in, man, so we can follow along. Yeah, you know, we've had a great season so far. We've done some really incredible stuff. You know, what I like to tell people about Unfathomed, it's just not your typical fishing show. It's not just about catching fish. We're more about telling stories, and everybody fishes for different reasons, and we like to tell those stories of why people fish. We did some unique episodes. One I mentioned with Brett Barley, the professional surfer. I've fished with Ken Duke, a uh, champions uh, golf uh, professional this season. Earl Benz, the founder of, of Camus Boats, we filmed a show together. And uh, we got a couple other things in store. We're gonna, I'm actually supposed to head down and do some sword fishing in two weeks. And then the week after that, I'm going to head down and fish with Ray Rocher, who's one of the legends of off offshore fishing. So oh, yeah. it's more storytelling. It's more, uh, you know, we want to keep it. We want to create content that's high quality. But at the same time, we want to tell stories that the whole family can watch. I don't want just the husband, the dad at the house to sit down and the wife to get up and go, oh, a fishing show and walk out of the room. I want everybody able to everybody in the house to be able to watch what we're putting out. And uh, I'm pretty proud of what we're doing. I'm excited 
this is our third season, and uh, I'm just looking forward to more. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We're talking with Captain George Gotts, and, of course, he has a program called Unfathom, Outdoor, Outdoor Channel, uh, Saturdays at 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And this has been presented by Mile TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Mile TV at MileTourTV.com. Now, the uh, previous two seasons of Unfathom, can we get that on uh, Mile TV? I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Just go check it out. That's what you got to (laughs) do. All right. So, again, uh, Captain George to learn more. It is there now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make sure of that. All right. So, uh, Captain George, to learn more about you, Unfathom, your website, your partners, man, just to pick your brain, where can we find you online? All you need to do is go to unfathomfishing.com. All the information is there. My cell number is there. But you can always reach out to me. I'm easy to find. It's so often people call and I answer. I pick the phone up and they're like, well, you answered. It's like, yeah, of course, I'm the one that answered. So (laughs) I'm easy to find. (laughs) You expected Donald Trump? (laughs) Yeah, maybe a snuggle answer. Somebody's going to answer the phone for me. It's me, of course. All right, coming up next, we got Chris Ward. He's a co-host, Red Rising, that Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Captain George Godsman, we love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Turkey Talk with Jim and Trav. <laughs> this goes out to all you turkey huddles out there. What do you want to say to the spring gobblers, Trav? Going to be a drive-by fanning. <laughs> the dark meat hero. Listen to this little ditty. As I walk to my blind with my call on my chest, I take a look at Bonnie and realize she's underdressed. Cause we've been traveling and hunting so hard that even Jimbo forgot his decoys at home. And we've been hunting gobblers all spring, living in the giblet paradise. Now we're covered up with ticks and we're worried about Lyme disease. The revolution with Jim and Trav is on the air. They're fat, lazy slobs who won't take responsibility for themselves. They're just a bunch of immature jerks. They're inferior genetic scum. They are so dumb, I think you should hear them for yourself. Um, tell us what you really think of the show at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will be right back. Savor the finer things in life. Hunting, fishing, and eating. Every adventure starts in the field and ends on the fork. Join epic outdoorsmen Steve Ranella, Daniel Vitalis, and Tommy Gomes as they hunt, fish, and forage around the world to create the perfect meal. I could eat the snot out of this thing all day long. The most mouth-watering night in Outdoor Channel history. Taste of the wild. Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. We're back. It's the Revolution with Jim and Trav Woods and Water broadcast. Now kicking off another two-parter with Chris Ward, co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Hey, we're back. Uh, Before the break, we had George Gods on. And he has a program called Unfathomed. But our next guest is a great guy from Virginia. He is unfathomable. That is Chris Ward. He is the co-host, Red Rising Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season is going to kick off in July. Uh, Fun fact, though, you are the president of Dawn Auction Company and a certified 
auctioneer. Is that right, buddy? That's correct. Yeah, sure yeah, am. Can, can you sell our radio show? Now can we hear that the John Michael Montgomery song. Uh, hey, pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? I'd do anything to make it mine. You know that song? <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> I bet you get so tired of people doing that too, right? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say though, it takes a tremendous amount of talent to be an auctioneer. It really does, dude. It just it takes a lot of practice. You got to learn your numbers forwards, backwards. You got to learn the fill of words. It just it's one of those deals. that's just like playing a guitar. That you got to do it over and over and over. Yeah, it's also like sitting on a bucket. Sometimes that's really tough. <laughs> there was, there was, Sometimes that's complicated. <laughs> there is an awesome video. People just need to hop on YouTube. Uh, type in Red Rising. I think it was like 2017. You were turkey hunting. Uh, and you had a little mishap. Was that a browning you were shooting? And it, like, flat knocked you off your bucket. <laughs> it was a browning, and I had actually never shot that particular gun. It was Eric's gun. I had gotten one, and um, Eric said, I just use mine. So I get over there, and, you know, we get set up in the blind, and Eric had pretty much just screwed me the way he had set <laughs> me up because I'm sitting on a five-gallon bucket. Eric's got a comfortable chair, and the way I had to sit with the tripod and him and you know, all the cameras and stuff. I, my legs were straight in front of me, and I couldn't brace for the shot. And when I shot, when that turkey came in and I shot, it literally blew me off the bucket <laughs> into the back of the blind. And I'm, I've laughed a lot in my lifetime, but I think Eric and I sit and laugh for 10 solid minutes <laughs> that, that day. And, and it's just, hey, it happens. Yeah, there was this one time Jimbo took his dad up uh, pheasant hunting. Was it that? And he was sitting on a stump and he did an overhead shot and didn't he fall backwards <laughs> off the stump or something? He fell in a ditch. Yeah, yeah he if, fell in a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not braced, it's going to happen. I promise you. Yeah. Now this, I mean, you guys are known. Um, obviously, you started off with juries. You know, when was that? Like 2003, 2004, something like that? Yeah, it was early on. I remember we had sent in some footage. You know, coming from Virginia, we never, I mean, nobody from Virginia is on a TV show or never even thought about being on a TV show. And Eric and I started hunting together, and uh, we started talking about filming our hunts, and we had filmed some stuff. We were absolutely terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> but we ended up getting some, you know, getting some footage. We still didn't have a kill, and we sent it in to Drury, and uh, just out of the blue one day, Mark Drury calls me and said, hey, uh, we got a new TV show coming out, and I want you to watch it, and we're going to have a contest, and we're going to pick three amateur teams across the nation, and uh, I want you guys to apply for it well we didn't have a kill on film that was one of the deals for the application so we had to get a damage uh crop damage permit from the game warden and build the story and, and film that and we ended up we ended up getting on dream season with jury outdoors with one doe kill with a shotgun <laughs> and and those other guys had some of the most unbelievable footage you've ever seen that that, that got picked but i think it was a lot because of our personalities more so than the and our storytelling more so than their hunting abilities at the time. You were like old Tommy Boy out there compared to all the other guys. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, exactly. But but we we were with Drury for I think five or six years. I got the opportunity to split off and and do Legends of the Fall. Yeah, uh, with Mike and Mike and Bonnie McFerrin and and Mark Luster and Dave Bogart. We did that for gosh five or six years, and it just made sense to split off again because uh, Jason Bowers. It's from our hometown, and he was with uh, Whitetail Fix, and we oh, yeah. just joined up and, and started uh, Red Rising, and it, we're on our seventh season of Red Rising. Yeah. Now, would you say that Virginia is probably one of the most underrated states for whitetail deer? 
Well, in central Virginia and eastern Virginia, they're putting out some really, really big bucks. Well, we're at, we're in the Blue Ridge Mountains and, you know, it's a lot of this area of the, of the, of the state is what we consider a meat state, you know, mm, yeah. uh, if it's brown, it's down top stuff. And I mean, and that's cool. I mean, if that's what you want to shoot, that's fine with us, but it's really tough to, to manage properties because we don't have a lot of big areas of land that one person owns. You know, if you have a 200 acre farm, you've got a big farm around where I live. So it's not like the Midwest to where you can manage your deer herd year after year and keep up with the same deer year after year. It's just almost impossible here. Yeah. Mr. Chris Ward, the co-host, Red Rising. I uh, got to watch it. Sportsman Channel Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And the all new seventh season is going to be kicking off in July. But you can get uh, the first five seasons on the My Outdoor TV app. We highly recommend you do. Now, let's kind of break this down. Everybody kind of lives to hunt the rut. Now, there's a lot of great hunting uh, pre-rut, post-rut, whenever. If you can hunt, it's good. But everyone loves the rut. What is it like? Kind of break it down. You know, the rut in the east, the Midwest, and down south. Do they differ in the tactics you have to use or not really? Or in the time. Yeah. Uh, well, they differ a lot. And, you know, I, like I said, I've hunted a lot in the Midwest, particularly Kansas and Iowa. You know, if you hit lockdown in any state, I don't care what state you're in, you're in it for a long haul. I've sat on some of the best farms in the United States for 15 or 16 days during lockdown, during wow. the rut. And I'm I'm telling you, it gets tough and, and it wears your patience. Uh, the Midwest, in my opinion, and I don't want to, you know, offend anybody, the Midwest is, I've always said, if you're a good hunter on the East Coast, you're a great hunter in the Midwest. And again, I don't want to make anybody mad, <laughs> but the, the East Coast has so many mountains, it's 80% canopy cover. So you're hunting yeah. woods. You know, out in the Midwest, you've got a lot more pinch points and a lot more funnels. And, you know, you can look at an aerial and, and pretty much figure out the tree to sit in without ever leaving your, your chair. Yeah. You know, you can just pop on, on your phone or your computer or whatever. And, and it's a lot easier to figure out those farms in the Midwest than it is on the East Coast. These deer just travel forever. Uh, you know, my dad, a few years back, killed a pieball deer. It was almost completely white. So, you know, everybody knew the deer. A guy was getting pictures of this deer all summer. My dad kills it over on our farm, 12 miles away during a rut. So no way. Just 12 miles. And it was, I mean, obviously the same deer. It was a pie ball, so it was, you know, we we compared pictures and so forth. But, you know, it just shows you how much these deer travel during a rut around here. Yeah, you would not think that uh, that it would be that far and not be knocked off somewhere along the way. Now, this guy was, but the fact of the matter is there's a lot of land between you and where it was killed. Yeah, exactly. And what we look for here is is saddles, you know, saddles in your mountain ranges and, you know, obviously acorn oak ridges that, that just hold a lot of acorns and, and just pray for a good acorn crop. You know, we plant food plots and, and stuff, but I very rarely ever take a deer out of our food plots. I have to catch them, you know, in the transition zones from, from bedding to the food plots on those acorn ridges. They seem to stop there in the mid-mornings and, and you know, heading down at in the evenings uh, before they get to the food plots. You bet. Hey, we've got to take a break. Can you stick around, Chris? Sure can. Good. Hey, we're talking with Chris Ward. He's the co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern time. That's right. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, Mr. Chris, to learn more about you guys, Red Rising, your partners, what you guys have uh, going on, where can we find you all online? 
Red Rosin Television, Facebook or Instagram. You bet. Hey, more Chris Ward right after this. Don't go anywhere. Part 2 with Chris Ward, co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays 8 p.m. Eastern, will begin after this word from our sponsors. But while you're waiting, hop on JimandTrav.com for lots of cool extras from the show. The rules are simple. Biggest five fish wins the challenge. But that doesn't mean the game is easy. I mean, that fish, like, it, it just owns you. Like, I don't know what else to do. Does Scott have it in the bag? Oh, boy. It's a big one. Or will he be beat at his own game? I'm ready to go to war. I know. Because bragging rights are serious. Oh, my God. Dad, absolutely huge. You said look like a crazy man. The Scott Martin Challenge. Sunday mornings at 10.30 Eastern, only on Sportsman Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand-in-hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Thanks for tuning into the Revolution with Jim and Trav's Woods and Water Show. Now, let's get back to Chris Ward, co-host of Red Rising on Sportsman Channel, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're talking Woods and Waters on this week's show, and before the break, we had part one with Chris Ward. He is the co-host of Red Rising, and it's on Sportsman Channel, 8 o'clock on, uh, let's see, what night? Tuesdays. Tuesdays, Tuesdays 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. Now, I'm looking at some photos, man. It seems like I mean, 2020, it, it just sucked, okay, <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> but you had a spectacular season, man. Uh, there in Virginia, you dropped some monsters, buddy. Well, I'll tell you, 2019 and 2020 both. I didn't get a I didn't get a Kansas tag this past year, and I was supposed to hunt Kansas for the rut. Really, and I was just absolutely hit with a a, a brick wall. I mean, I wasn't expecting not to draw because that's not happened in years past. So I had to change my game plan quick. Now I always run cameras on on you know several different properties, and I it's usually just knocking on doors, getting permission. But we do have our own farm uh, here in Virginia. And I probably have 20 cameras out at any one time. Oh, wow. And 2019, I killed a really big buck I called Moby, a 150-inch top 10-pointer, which is very rare around these area, this area. Yeah. And I had three other shooters on that particular farm in 2019, so I thought, well, I didn't get a Kansas tag. I'll probably just, you know, kill one of those. And this is the difference in hunting these mountains. I didn't have a single antler deer on that farm this year not one really it went from you know three that i had left to none this year so i really had to work hard this year and i ended up going back to my roots going back to our farm uh you know i've been leaving that to my dad the last few years but we had we had a lot of really good bucks on that farm this year and and just i focused i had cameras everywhere i just focused on those acorn flats and you know deer just like humans they're going to find the tree the acorns that they like the best uh, it's just like humans with a dessert bar. They're going to have the one that they want the most. So you've got to find that tree, hang, and kill them. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, so let's say on your farm there, one of your biggest projects has to be timber stand improvement because to have that dense canopy, obviously you've got to have some sunlight hitting the forest floor uh, you know, to provide those forbs and the nutrients that those animals need. Uh, so that has to be a large portion of uh, the work you do, correct? That's exactly right. We go in and, 
and cut particular trees, you know, on, on ridges and to provide lighting plus bedding. And the way our particular farm is set up, it, it goes way up into the mountain and, and it's a laurel thicket about halfway up. And we absolutely never step foot in it. Oh, really? Ever. So that's their bedding area. They come down from the bedding area into these acorn flats on these ridges. And, uh, you know, like I said, the food plots are down at the bottom of the mountain. And we just intercept them in between, you know, from the laurels to the field. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting part about uh, that uh, selective cutting of the trees, you can go out there and spend a little time and realize that you don't have to cut too many trees out in order to get sunlight to that forest floor. That's exactly right. You can go in and, and cut some of your less desirable trees. You know, obviously, you're not going to want to be cutting your oak trees, but, you know, some of your poplars and so forth that, that are taking up a lot of the, the canopy, uh, the sunlight, taking up the sunlight, just, you know, pop those things over about head high and, you know, provides bedding plus sun, like I said. Now, what do you kind of think about there is a certain group of people in the outdoors, you know, whether it's, you know, local hometowns or outdoor personalities that have this mentality that the Midwest public land hunters, they're kind of like the elitist, you know, that they're better than mm-hmm. everyone else. And maybe they are. Who knows? Um, but when you get in your neck of the woods, like you were saying, it's a totally different beast, man. It is really tough. Those animals, they are so, they're pursued, they're educated. And when you get one down, whether it's big or not, whether it's a buck or a doe, it is an accomplishment, man. It, it really is. Uh, and especially if you take a, you know, an older class buck and you, you know, you sometimes have to really, I mean, like you have to pay attention to everything you do in the Midwest too, but there are just so many more big bucks in the Midwest um, and so many more opportunities. Now, I'm not saying there's a 150 behind every tree. A <laughs> yeah. lot of people from the East Coast, they think that, and, you know, they always say, oh, it's easy to go to Kansas and kill a buck. No, it's not. You still have to work, and you still have to, you know, move your stand locations. But but East Coast hunting is just a different animal altogether. Yeah. Uh, you have to be very careful because these deer, if you spook them once, you're probably never going to see them again. And it seems like they run to the next county or the next state. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's just, it's a different, it's a different, you know, two years ago when I, I took that deer Moby, cell cameras have really helped me out a lot. You know, it tells me when the deer, just like everybody else, I was walking in one morning to hunt that deer and my phone went off. It, it, it buzzed oh. in my pocket and I thought, I better just check this. And I sat down and I looked at it and, and then Moby had just walked through right by my stand and I said, well, that just stopped my hunt this morning, and I would have spooked that deer. And oh, I would have yeah. probably never seen him again. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and that's something. You know, uh, everybody talks about how rugged the Rocky Mountains are, but the fact of the matter is some of those mountains back there in Virginia and uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, they're mm-hmm. almost straight up in places, and you've got to learn how to side hill, don't you? It's so funny that you said that because, the you know, I two years ago I killed that deer, and I had to get my taxidermist and a buddy to go in and we couldn't get it out of the mountain. I was a mile back into the mountain and the deer was so big that we had to pack that deer out just like we were, you know, out west somewhere with an elk. Um, And we quartered it out, skin it and put it in our backpacks. We had garbage bags with us because there was no access. You know, you're back in these mountains. There's no access for four wheelers or ATVs or vehicles. 
you, we just had to walk in and walk out with the deer. So mm, it's, wow. it's a different, it's a different world. Yeah. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We're talking with uh, Chris Ward. He's a co-host of Red Rising and Sportsman's Channel Tuesday nights at eight o'clock Eastern time. And this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. Mr. Chris, again, to find you guys online, everything Red Rising, your upcoming seventh season kicking off in July. Where can we find you boys online? Red Rising Television, Facebook or Instagram. You bet. Hey, and coming up next is Cat Daddy, and he's fishing the Cumberland River right there in uh, the east. All right, Mr. Chris, man, we love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. We're one with nature and killing deer. Savvy Outdoorsman, baby! Woo! I, I, I do hope somebody follows that gentleman out and stages an intervention. We ain't supposed to have livestock in this neighborhood, yet you married a sea cow. You suck! More sunrises. Boo! More pictures of food. Yuck! Exactly. Get the stuff you really want to see by following Jim and Trav on social media and at JimandTrav.com. Stay tuned. The revolution will continue after these short messages. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the bean hole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking woods and waters in this week's show. And before the break, we had Chris Ward. He's with Red Rising. Yeah, that's Sportsman Channel Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. But now you're being joined by the Kansas Catman. He is our savior out on the water. That is Mr. He is Cat- the water from Woods and Water. Mr. Cat Daddy, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I tell you what, it's a little bit windy today, boys. <laughs> well, About you... 55, 65 mile an hour here. <laughs> you better have and your I, I ain't on. in my boat. I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> what? You're not out there? Seriously? Oh no! Oh. Well, I tell you what, though. Yesterday I did go out in the backyard, turn the water hose on, and up come a bunch of Kansas finest hand-picked night crawlers. Oh, seriously? Oh. Really? Man, you can really get them. I mean, they'll just pop up like flowers, man, coming up out of the ground. Mm. Put that water on them like that. You can also use an extension cord, cut wires to a couple iron rods. Sticking the ground and plugging in, and they'll really come popping up. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I, I got no Indian trick for them night crawlers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's that? It's called Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now, you need to say Native American. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Politically correct. All right, yeah. so you, you, you sneak up on them, huh? Absolutely, boy. I tell you what, you gotta be quick too. Once you get a grip, you can't let go. No matter how far you stretch them out of the hole until they pop, break in half, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah. You still put them on the hook. But don't they regenerate if they break into? Well, I couldn't tell you about that end of them. <laughs> <laughs> you got the end that works. God, Daddy, they just go right on the hook. Now, do you try to keep them alive or do you just throw them in the bag and, and put them in the freezer or something? Well, no, no, no. You never want to freeze them, man, because they'll be real bad then. Oh, will they real really? Dead. Thing, thing you need to do, if you go to keep night crawlers and you got a bunch of them, say four or five hundred of them you went out and picked, you know, they get real slimy if you ain't got no dirt on them. Get you some peat moss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get you some Gerber baby oatmeal. No way. Sprinkle on top of that peat moss after you got them worms in there all situated up. 
Yeah. Boy, I tell you, it keeps him fat and a rat. Holy <laughs> smokes. That is cool. Yeah, you pour that baby oatmeal on top of there, man, and then worms just start boiling. Mm. Wow. My goodness. Now, is is uh, Nightcrawler one of your uh, number one go-to baits? Oh, you better believe it. Right now is an excellent time. You get a little high water and it comes up on them banks, them catfish's belly is clean full of nightcrawlers. Yeah. Whatever else kind of bugging worse off the bank. Now, what were the, what are the the worms you used to catch that gave you partial blindness? Do you remember that? Catawba? Yeah, the old sewer green worm. You can go out there and dig them right now. You, are, do they work good? Oh, man, they work excellent. You know, you, you take your old pitchfork, go down there around the old grain mills and stuff like that. Yeah. Or you can even hit them up on the river banks or these smaller creek banks to get close to the water edge. Where it's a little more damper in the dirt, it ain't, ain't so hard and rough. Yeah. You can pull them up with a, a, a pitchfork and just kind of break the clods of dirt. You'll see them all balled up in there four or five at a time. Sometimes you get them bigger out of the school pencil, man. Ooh, Ooh. good Yeah, now going back to the green worms, okay? Uh, you you kind of have to, it kind of gets him excited, I can tell. Uh, it, you have to be careful. Like, if you touch him, you don't want to rub your eyes, do you? Oh, no. You'd be funking, boy, for a while. Get that on your face. Let alone close your eyes. You'd be one-eyed, what do you know? <laughs> one-eyed Willie. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh, so, this is kind hey, of... Now, a- now, 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 let me tell you something, Trev. Okay. What you need to do is get you a whole bunch of green worms, see? Uh-huh. And you put them in a quart jar and let the sun bake them. Melt Ooh. them down into a nice goo. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you you know, if, if you're out catfishing and you're fishing with maybe cut bait or something, take that in and stuff it in that jar. Let some of that goo get on there, boy. It sticks like glue. Ooh. Mm, I'm telling you, them fish go crazy <laughs> over there. Yeah, no, when you use those electric rods, do you have to watch and make sure a squirrel doesn't run across that ground? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I put up no trespassing signs. <laughs> I'm sure they can read. Do you need to make sure, like, you're wearing rubber boots or something? Because if that ground is a little moist, it could, uh... I don't get no word. I got a long, extensive cord. <laughs> so you go stick it in the ground and then leave and plug it in. <laughs> yeah, then I pull it up, pull it out when I go pick the worms up. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. All right, so... Mis- yeah, I ain't get that, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Mr. Cat Daddy, if we want to book a trip with you, uh, and obviously, uh, we won't partake in any of these fun activities. Yeah, and we'll we just go fishing. We won't bring our own green worms either. <laughs> where where yeah. can we find you online, buddy? Well, if I ain't out on the creek bank and I ain't electrocuting everybody, <laughs> you can find me online, www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Yeah, if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy and give him your concoction to be able to catch big catfish, whether you're in northern Michigan or southern California, uh, send him an email at catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. That is right. And this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Mr. Cat Daddy, you're awesome. We love you, buddy. Man, I tell you, you guys always love chewing the fat with you fellas. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We know it's painful to listen to. But what else are you really going to do? Connect with the boys on social media and at JimandTrav.com. Don't move. The revolution with Jim and Trav will be right back. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. 
featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Travis. This week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. You know what? I want to go saltwater fishing with Captain George Gods. What a great guest he was. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, make sure you watch the Unfathomed Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, Chris Ward co-hosts Red Rising Sportsman Channel Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And our very own Wormy Cat Daddy. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know what that means, but... I don't either, but you know what? Miss Bunny came back. Mrs. Bunny, you are here. You betcha, boys. We are so glad to have you. Glad to be back. She's like, yay, COVID restrictions had lifted. I could come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this was a great show, talking woods and water. Uh, Jimbo, last word. Spring turkey hunting is on right now. You got to get out there. Take a kid with you. It's a lot of fun just being in the woods with them. That's right, Mrs. Bunny. Despite what you may have read elsewhere, the outdoors are for everyone. We are inclusive of new hunters and anglers. It belongs to no one. It belongs to everyone. So encourage people to get outside and bring new people into the outdoors. All right, so get outdoors this weekend. We love you. Peace out. Thanks for listening. God bless you and the United States of America. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.